Diadem Life, Group Discussion Teaching. Welcome to Diadem Life Arise. We're going to talk about seeing the light, what it's like to meet God through a near-death experience. Now, this is based off a DLA uh, podcast 12, Seeing the Light. What that that's a whole hour saturated full of scriptures, a, a richer sense of the the near death experience, and then the scriptures that support that. But we're going to get through this quick executive summary. We're going to get you all fixed up, get you on your way. So, what happened to me about 22 years ago was so impactful, so powerful. I actually don't want to think about it all the time. I, I need to control that memory because it releases all kinds of emotions and feelings. It's probably the pinnacle experience of my whole life. And I've had a lot of great moments. It's not to knock down any of the other good stuff. But when you meet God, something changes. I, I've physically been electrocuted by 110 volt in America. That's what we use. Uh, I grabbed some wires and that was not very smart. And my arms flew up. This wasn't like the painful electricity, but it was like emotional and experience overload. And I, I think my brain probably like reformed itself in neural pathways. You could look into uh, traumatic brain injury, PTSD. You know, there there's some science between having some epic experiences and you feeling change. I, I feel change. So uh, about the, the events leading up to this car accident, I'm going to tell you about at 21, I was just a young guy doing something for my boss. I was in construction. I don't remember if I was picking up a tool or a product or going to a job site. Wherever I was, I was running on the backside of my hometown and on the backside of the city. It's a fast road. It was an interstate. It's 65 miles an hour. It's beautiful two-lane, huge shoulders. A nice old ditch if, if, I, if I was going to fall off. I mean, You'd have time, like no trees, nothing. There was one parked car for miles. Well, my head started nodding, and I, I was doing the number where, you know, your head's going down, and I, and I had this bright thought at the age of 21. Why not just take a rest during this? I'll just close my eyes for two or three seconds. That was probably the worst decision I've ever made. This was distracted driving before cell phones. This was uh, driving under the influence of sleepiness. It's so embarrassing. It's 1.30 in the afternoon. But anyway, I tired. My alignment would pull to the right. That was my problem with this car. I always had to hold it straight. So when I, I nodded off, it went right. Well, in two or three seconds, I'm like mostly in another lane. Well, guess what? Nothing for miles except one parked car. And I hit that mug. I blasted it. I threw it up in the, uh, uh, up in the air. Now, thank God nobody was in this car because they would not have made it. And the, the, if you see this uh, newspaper clip in here, it's pretty sensational. They took the most sensational shot. But, but imagine a really heavy, fast car smashing in there and a crinkled the trunk like a pop can, like a boss, just squished it. And the, the trunk was pushed into the back seat. The back seat was pushed into the front seat. And the front seat stuff was like leaning on the, like the dash. So... Thank God nobody was in there. They would have been dead, and I would have been uh, really, really sad that my sleepy moment caused somebody a laugh. Now, that was a picture from a newspaper clipping before they had cell phones, a little grainy. Uh, everybody was surprised that I walked away from that. There was a steering wheel. If you didn't know that the steering wheels, uh, they're metal. Usually they wrap them in plastic or leather or something. So, uh, But anyway, 
at 65 mile an hour, my head went, there was no airbags. So my head like slapped down so hard, my lower jaw bent the steering wheel. And um, that was my only injury. But if you could imagine a 65 mile an hour, uh, a steering wheel hug on the lower face there, you know, that obviously knocked me out. So that's where uh, I, I don't really know about time. I do know. Uh, I, I guess I'll assume that I saw the white light when I was knocked out, but I could hear things. And, you know, the spiritual experience felt like it was 30 seconds, but in reality, it might've only been four, but a moment with God will change you. You don't need a big time with God. Um, so I want to tell you, I, I saw the light. I saw the light. I'm telling you, the light is amazing. It is the brightest white light, and it was, I don't know how to say clean. I It didn't hurt my eyes. No squinting. Man, this light was awesome, and it, like, felt fresh like it would go through you. I, I Just imagine you could see nothing but white, and it felt good. Oh, man, that, that was something else. Let me just read scripture for you. 2 Corinthians 4, 6 through 7. For God who said, let there be light in the darkness has made this light shine in our hearts so we could know the glory of God is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not ourselves. So, Look, I seen the light, and I, I felt like this fragile clay jar. I did not belong in this awesome presence. If I step into a room, I can feel myself in that room. There's a feeling about every room, right? Dirty room, clean room, expensive room, cheap room. Anyway, so I'm in this room, and there's light is coming, and I'm the I'm the clay jar. I know, like, this room is greater than me. I, I'm, I'm lucky to be here, I guess. I don't know what's going on yet. So I can't see nothing. Uh, God is so good. He shined a little bit of light into my heart. Um, let's go here. Love. Now, I want to tell you something about love. This is amazing. There was so much love. There was nothing else to feel. And I guarantee you probably have never felt this. I mean, you might have won a Super Bowl or you know a gold medal or whatever you did. You had simultaneous thoughts going on while it was going on. There was no room for another thought. There was no room for another feeling. This love was so so rich. I mean, you ever put a sponge like in a bucket and you pull it out and like half the volume of uh, just water, just fuzz. there was so much love just dripping out of everywhere and everything. There was nothing else to feel. I want to read a scripture to you about that. Ephesians 3, 17 through 19. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong and may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep is his love. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. If you're going to go into the white light, you might as well learn something. I'm telling you, the light was there. The love was there. So let's just, just take a peek at the, what the Bible says about love because we got to put this in our life. And I guarantee you when it's from God, it's good. And when God's talking about something, let's listen. So if you want to pause the teaching, we're going to 
we're going to talk about this scripture and then we got this other little slide where we can ask the group questions so here we go love is so first corinthians 13 4 through 8 now i i changed some of the wording around to group some phrases here so it's paraphrased love is patient it's kind it rejoices when the truth wins it's always hopeful and endures every circumstance love never loses faith gives up or fails amen love is not jealous boastful proud rude or irritable help god help us not be like that love does not keep a record of being wrong it doesn't demand its own way or rejoice about injustice so next we're going to go to some self-discovery questions you can go ahead and pause now and ask your group some of these questions you know you know am i good at loving others is, is love a feeling action or choice you know why does god love me can god help me be more loving what do i got to grow in love Will I choose to have loving actions if I don't have the feelings of love? We got to figure this stuff out. Uh, we're we're going to get back into this spiritual experience I was talking about, but we got to learn something from it. And I got to give you Bible because if I just give you some spiritual experience, don't be just following people because they had a dream and a vision. You got to see what they're talking about and if it lines up with scripture. But I'm going to tell you, when, when I was overwhelmed with love, I couldn't see nothing but the lion. I didn't know who my name was, and it really bothered me because I'm standing in this greatness, and I don't know who my name is, and I'm, I'm trying to think, what's my mom's name? Who's my mom? And I know what you're thinking, you mama's boy. I, I guess so. If you knock me hard enough with a steering wheel at 65 miles an hour, I'll probably cry for my mama. But anyway, I'm in this presence with God. Well, technically, I didn't know it was God yet. I, I knew there was light and love. I, I was getting a hint here. I want to tell you something, though. This is amazing. Look at this scripture. Revelations 2, 17, and I will give to each one a white stone, and on the stone will be engraved a new name that no one understands except the one who received it. So when you get to heaven, God's got a name for you. There ain't no two Bobs in heaven. There's only, uh, everybody's unique. You're going to have a unique name, and there's going to be a special relationship with you and Christ. Uh, you know, my name, William, it, it means protector. If you look it up, that makes me feel special. In heaven, you get a special name. I don't know how we're going to learn all these names. That's going to be unique names times quadrillions probably. Uh, but heaven's coming. So yeah, I want to get to it. So now here I am. Now I'm standing here. I don't know who I am. I got no fear. And I know he he knows me. I'm, I'm starting to clue in here. God is here. Okay, I'm not afraid. Thankfully, come on, man. Don't get in trouble with God. You don't want God, you don't want God mad at you. I promise you, you're not tougher than God. And if, if the colors were different and the music was scary, I'd be really scared. I'd be like, ah, I don't want to go to hell. Thankfully, I didn't have a hell experience. I had a meet Jesus experience, but it was so refreshing. And, and this is why I don't want to think about this because I'll just stop what I'm doing. I could spend six to eight hours thinking about this. And, you know, it makes me want to do crazy stuff like tell people I'm sorry. You know, it makes me want to go help somebody. Like, I got money in my wallet. Who cares? Give it to somebody. Help somebody out. You know, when you've met God, all this little stuff, fight for some promotion, I let them have it. If people are going to be acting like devils and treating people rude and mean, let them fight over it. God knows who you are. Anyway, sorry I got off the little tangent there. So I want to tell you something. God's face was nearby. Uh, it's hard to describe this in English, but... There's not the right words for it, and and but I felt like his face was bigger than my whole body, and I felt like it was behind the light, kind of like the light was a veil, right? But it was pretty thin because, you know, go find a kid or somebody or maybe your spouse or something and put your face 
right next to their face and then close your eyes. You can feel them there. I don't know if that's echolocation or what, the sound waves bouncing off, uh, air pressures, whatever it is, uh, and animals probably know it better than we do. But when I close my eyes, I felt, well, I didn't close my eyes in there, but I, if you close your eyes, I felt God's face. It was so amazing. I want to read a scripture to you now. Exodus 33, 19 through 20. The Lord replied, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and I will call out my name, Yahweh, before you, for I will show mercy to anyone I choose, and I will show compassion to anyone I choose, but you may not look directly at my face, for no one can see me and live. All right, we got two things to learn here. He can show mercy and compassion to anyone he chooses. Amen. That means you. Yeah, he already knows your best. You ain't tricking nobody. He knows it. Now, if you just ask him for a little help, look, he's got the power. And, you know, we maybe we like our mamas and daddies. Maybe we don't. It don't matter what they say. It don't matter what the preacher says. It matters what you believe in Christ. He can, he can make it happen for you, compassion and mercy. And I want to tell you this other thing about the seeing God's face. You can't see his face and live. I'm so thankful that veil was right there because I know if I would have, like, peeked behind it and I saw what was better, uh, I, I I really think I would have been dead in that car wreck. But uh, but I hollered out something. I hollered out, Jesus, no. Now, that's two English words plus an exclamation point. I don't like the sound of it. I don't want to practice it. But it was like, Jesus, no. You know, I, I don't want to say it because it hurt my feelings to cry out to God with everything in me. Like, Jesus, no. And he heard my cry. And I'm so thankful that he did it. Now, I suppose this was when my face was smacking a steering wheel. You know, when you crunch a pop can, if you like put it right up to your and crunch it right, that's going to be kind of loud. Well, when you hit a car, you know, you've seen those slow-mo videos like it. I don't know. Maybe the crash takes two and a half seconds. Think about twisting, crunching metal windows exploding. Not only is it loud, I felt like firecrackers were in my ear. Not only was it loud, it was like the sound of death. Tires squealing, stuff breaking. It's like, uh, that's like when you go to the hell party. Like, that's their music they play. Ah! So I hated that. I mean, oh, geez, no. And I know God heard me. I got a scripture for you. This one's going to help you. Revelations 21 4. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. And there will be no more death or sorrow, crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. I'm telling you, when I cried to Jesus, no, he answered it. There's no crying, death or mourning or pain. I'm standing in his, in his, in his glorious light and his love, and I know his face is right there. I'm just, just short of seeing his face. Um, I want to tell you something, though. This Jesus, no thing. There's not an English word that I know of. Our hearts were communicating and like, like I got this computer with my son, like I can send files wirelessly. I don't know how it does it. I send the file to him and he gets it. There was a transmission of commitments and thoughts. My prayer to him, his answer to prayer. I don't, I wish I knew what he told me. I wish I could sneak in there and like read that little email he sent to my heart. Cause I'd know what kind of plans he has for me, but I guess he wants me to figure it out day by day and, and live by faith. So, but anyway, uh, there was a, an exchange, something happened. It was real quick, but man, this sort of, this peace had like flushed over me and I'm like, oh man, you heard that? That was good. And I, I want you to know, like, this is why I don't think about this experience because heaven is awesome, but we're not there yet. 
And we need to help people. People need help. They got drug addictions. They got family problems. They're, they're tearing up their families. They don't know who they are. They feel mistreated. And maybe they are mistreated. There's people taking advantage of people. We got to help people. If we're just always thinking about heaven, we ain't going to be very helpful. Let me read you a scripture here. 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18. That is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long, yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things that we cannot see will last forever. Never give up. God is with us. We're going to get a new body in heaven. We got issues going on in earth. We know that there's an awesome part of heaven, and we can know about that. That's focusing on the things unseen. But let's not try to jump into heaven, get behind that curtain, and just sneak out of our life. If we're here for a reason, let's go help some people. Now, you got to know this about Philippians. Uh, Jesus is amazing. Philippians 2, 9 through 11. Therefore, God, talking about Jesus, elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and in earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. There is no other higher name than Jesus. Jesus is the best. There's God the Father. He created everything, and he, he put everything he got in his son, Jesus Christ. He's a, Jesus is a champion for us. We can pray to him, and he can talk to us. He was human. He knows what it's like to know what we're going through. He can give compassion and mercy on whoever he, he wants to. This is awesome. I hope you experience this. And even if you don't have a near-death white light experience, I, what I'm telling you is true. You could take these scriptures and, and rest your life on them. Now, uh, this, this next slide, what it's like to meet God, is a, a great old list of a whole bunch of scriptures that, that if you wanted to dive into this, this is what the hour teaching is. But, man, we are wonderfully made by God. He never gave up on us. Heaven is is for serving him. We can focus on the Lord here. He's our salvation and our fortress. There's just so much good to talk about God. Now, some of you, we need to understand something here. There's a newsflash here. Everybody's going to die and God will judge your life. You, you got to understand the, these scriptures and I'm going to, I'm going to just going to quick through them here. Hebrews 9, 27, you're going to die and have a judgment. That's paraphrased by the way. I'm paraphrasing all these. Revelations 20, 12 through 15, you got to know when you're judged, you're either, your name's either going to be in the book of life or it's not. And let me tell you, I hope your full name is in there. I, we don't want no mistakes, right? You want your name at the book. You want to be on God's good side. And now some of you are thinking, well, how am I going to be, how could I be good? Or if you're, you're still struggling over whether God is right or wrong, well, we could deal with those in a minute. But let's get back to this uh, newsflash here. Uh, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world. That was John 3, 16 through 17. He could have came here and wagged his finger, and you might still get in trouble. Don't make him mad. But but he came here to save you. And if, if you're thinking, well, I don't want to change, or God made me like this, well, uh, you can deal with those arguments. I don't suggest that. Uh, he's coming to help you. Let's go into 1 Corinthians 3, 11 through 14. 
it I'm going to paraphrase here. Basically, it says you can build your life on Jesus Christ, and, and some people are going to use different materials, and at the end of your life, your life is going to be judged. It's kind of like fire sits on your life, and the fire is going to determine the quality of your work. Now, if I go build a house, right, and I charge you, what, what, I don't know, what's a house go for today, 200000 If I charge you 200000 well, if it's a million-dollar house, you, you're probably going to give me a million, right? Because I'm going to charge you what it's, what it's worth. God's going to pay you back. I, I don't understand all that, and I don't try to focus too far into heaven. But apparently it's important enough for God for us to understand that. You have one life to live. You have a, a certain way that you get to build. You have different materials and resources that you can, you can do to help people or hurt people. And we don't want to hurt people, right? But if you make some mistakes, we're, we're going to ask Jesus into our life. Now, we're going to go on and cut on over here to get right with God because some of you need to get right with God. It's repent, confess, and believe. It's real easy to do. You need to memorize these scriptures. If, and if you struggle to believe them, just believe it. I'm going to read it, and as fast as I could read it, you can do it. Matthew 4, 17. From then, from then on, Jesus began to preach, repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. You can do this. You can turn away from your sins. I know those sins are tempting. Jesus isn't surprised that you're tempted and you start doing wicked stuff sometimes, but you can turn away. You can do this. We can repent. You can do this right now. You can confess, too. Romans 10, 13, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Are you everyone? You can call on the name of the Lord. You can do this. Just say, Lord Jesus, help me. So we're going to repent. We're going we're gonna to call on the name of the Lord. We're going to believe. Romans 10, 9, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You can say this out loud. You can believe in, in Jesus. And you can get salvation. Now, these are the beginning steps. Now, if you just met somebody, you know, in, in Western culture, you can maybe shake their hand and say hello, tell a few stories. But this is how you start that relationship with God. But this ain't, this isn't enough to live 20, 30 years. But let's pray for you real quick. If you haven't done this yet, and then I got a quick assignment for you. Lord, these people can repent, confess, and believe. And if some of these people need to go ahead and repent, confess, and believe, I pray that they'd have faith to do it right now. You got this. You can do this today. Now, if you want to connect with us, reach out to us on Locals or Diadem.life and find us on the contact tab. I'm going to leave you with this, the Establishing Royal Lives assignment. You need this. Is there anything you need to get right with God? Do you need to repent, confess, and believe about anything? You can do this. Just spend a little time. Think about it. Now, I got four assignments for you. So if you can do all four, you're a heavy hitter. You're going to grow in God. Let's look at number two. Remember that scripture, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8? Love is, it starts talking about what love is, what it isn't. You can pause the teaching here if you need to see the video slide. It's time, when, when God comes into your life, the first things you're going to experience is love. It's time to think about this. You know, what are you doing well? What are you not doing so well? You can do this. Think about how to apply love to your situation. The third assignment is this week, read some scriptures about heaven and think deeply about what it's like and then consider some changes you need to make. Why am I asking you to read about heaven? Because sometimes we need a little motivation here. Look, it's tough to change, especially when life is miserable. And some people... Look, you've got some sadness going on, and it's like, why try harder? I, I get some of that. 
But think about heaven. Get God in you. God has promises for you. You are not going to be left alone. And no matter what you're going through in life, the day you get to that white light, that thin veil with the God's face right behind it, once you get right around that corner and you, you get into his presence, everything's going to get fixed then. Now, I know some of you are thinking, well, I want that now. Well, yeah, me too. The God or Jesus told us to pray, kingdom come, uh, your will be done as earth as on earth as it is in heaven. So, yeah, we're going to pray that here, but sometimes we don't always feel it. Now, extra credit if you're the boss. If you could do all four of these, you're, I'm proud of you. Find somebody you don't know, no matter what their spiritual beliefs are. And if they're different than you, that's probably good. Ask them to read that uh, scripture, 1 Corinthians uh, 13, 4 through 8 with you. And then have a short discussion with them. And I know people get so offended. They get all irritable about their beliefs. Just be non-confrontational about it. Hey, there's a scripture about love. Can I share this with you? And can maybe we talk about how this would affect our lives or something? You know, be non-confrontational about it. Hear about people. If you do that, you'll grow spiritually. God bless you. Thank you for being a part of our group discussion teaching. That We're seeing the white light. We're getting to know God. We're knowing a little bit about heaven. Have a great day.